Welcome to ForeverFit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. With your host, Nicola Riley, personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, here to help you get in the best shape of your life. Today I have, it's nice and early in the morning this morning, I have just been for a fantastic walk outside with Ellie, this is how I like to start my day, is I, this is what I'm, I'm get, getting up nice and early, so we're up at 5.30 this morning and I did a bit of um, blog writing, so this is my most creative time in the morning, I just love it, it's super quiet, my brain's on fire, and it's really funny because when I was at university, this was the time that I used to study. I used to set my alarm for 4am in the morning and I used to study till like 9am and then I, I knew that my brain would just kind of switch off and I just couldn't get that focus anymore and I thought this was just something that I um, that was kind of wrong with me, that I just couldn't study like other people heading off to the, the library and things. But the more I read books and the more I read motivation and hear what other people are doing, I just find out that this is your most creative time and this is the time that you should be doing like creative work or, or like intense work. And so for me, this is my blog writing creative zone. This is when I just feel fantastic. So it's pretty cool that I naturally um, worked that out, what works best for me. But it's, it's quite awesome to know that that's what other people um, recommend as well. So... Um, I love my morning time. It is definitely the my most creative. And so my morning routine is I, like I said, I'm up nice and early, and I, I want to make the most of my walk in terms of I, I want to get outside and get sunlight. So at the moment, um, that's too early for me to head out for a walk. So I write a couple of blog posts or one blog post within that time frame, and then I head out and when the sun comes up and head out for a like 30 minute power walk or I might do a workout at that time of morning and then I sit down and then I get into some nuts and bolts of my day and come back to work so I also after my walk as well I love to foam roll and I'm finding that's a really I'm making a huge difference just to how I feel the way uh, my body's recovering and everything so in this time as well, I'm listening to podcasts and I um, love just listening to, like, when I'm foam rolling, I actually watch some, like, real um, motivating and educational YouTube videos as well. So this is quite a, um, like, a powerful time of the day that sets me up for the rest of my day. It's a real quiet, uninterrupted space and I just love it so here I am into my day it's still nice and early and I am bringing you podcast episode number 27 so new this week in the online gym I have got an awesome power yoga and power um, yoga is just such an, a powerful thing for you to cl- include into your week I think everybody needs to do it at least once or twice a week and the reason I've done these power yogas is because they are short but they lift your heart rate and they strengthen your body at the same time. So you're getting like the relaxation benefits of your yoga without like lifting your heart rate too high. But you're getting the real strength and toning benefits as well at the same time. So these are real powerful. This one here was um, 20 minutes long and it was awesome. Just felt amazing afterwards and finished off with some amazing back bends. So really good. And then I did a really... Um, Nice short hit, 15 minutes long, full body, no equipment, and just makes you feel fantastic afterwards. So those are the new workouts in the online gym. I've then got some posts all about uh, resistance starch 
and hormones and weight gain. So these are your VIP blog posts and these are, um, so resistance starch is something that's I've found really beneficial for me to understand because I've got, because um, with my gut problems and leaky gut that um, some starches I react to and also some fruits and sugars I react to as well. So, but at the same time I need the energy and the, um, the beneficial food for my bacteria as well and my gut just to thrive off. So this is where resistant starch is, um, yeah, something that making quite a good difference and I'm um, dabbling a bit more in that so I've written a really detailed post in that so you can learn about it and find out if something you want to try um, even or just something you want to educate yourself on just so you can understand the different types of carbohydrates because just when you thought a starch was a starch and a carbohydrate was a carbohydrate it's not um, I've done a big post in there as well all about the different types of carbohydrates where you can break it down to your fructose your glucose your um, insoluble and soluble fibers and it's so the more you understand the more you're able to fuel your body with the foods that it actually needs so check out that and then the post I've done on hormones and weight gain so um, we get really confused and think that our, you know it's we can exercise a bad diet and that um, weight loss is just calories in versus calories out and it's so much more complicated than that if it was as simple as a maths equation then people would be losing weight it's not it's much more like a chemistry experience experiment you've got to get all the things in place in order to you lose weight but have energy at the same time yeah you can lose weight if you go down a crash diet but what's going to happen on the other side of that and what's that going to do internally to your hormones so there is so many people out there with hormonal issues and there's women in early 20s and 30s of having hormone related issues. I myself had major problems with them and also with like skin problems and things and all of these are affected to your hormones. So there are so many things that cause endocrine disruption and the first place that this is the amount of chemicals that our guts are exposed to. So this is through things like PBA, BHC and PCB. So these are all found in your um, like your packaged products. So PBA is the most common one and this is found in your, you know, your drink bottles, your canned goods, um, anything that was kind of like plastic and it's Basically, when we get too much of this in our body, our liver isn't able to metabolize it, isn't able to get rid of it. And all of the things, when you add that up with like um, your chemicals that are in your skincare and, and the chemicals that are in your food, it's creating a lot of toxic load on your body. And so all of this is going to affect your hormones. The other thing um, is the amount of um, like electronic uh, waves like um, devices that we are surrounded with so the EMF exposure and this is going to also affect your hormones too so making sure that you um, are trying to reduce the amount of EMF exposure too if you're going down this path and then making sure that you aren't throwing in insult injury with like antibiotics painkillers and even more chemicals from the food that you're eating so our body can get exposed to um, disruptions in our hormones via internal and external sources and the best place for you to start 
is to start with your food and just to start with eating real clean nutrient dense food that you know where it's come from and when you do that and then over time once that starts to come easy then you start to look at things like your um your, your pantry and then you start to look at things like your skincare and your hair products and then you just you're able just to go layer upon layer and just start to reduce the exposure so inside the online gym I go into real full detail about how hormones affect your weight, how your health of your gut affects your hormones and how the different types of foods may be affecting your thyroid as well. And thyroid is huge for weight and, and it's involved in your metabolism and so we need to I go into and discuss in depth about how you can fix this, the sort of foods to be eating, the supplements you just should be eating, how to exercise as well to overcome this. I'll give you the tools so that you can like stop counting the calories and you can take a really good look at the big picture and then find out how you can achieve that long lasting weight loss that you're after. So, so today's topic I wanted to talk to you all about how to eat intuitively and how to listen to hunger. We get really confused about how much we should eat and when we should eat and the different types of foods that we should eat. So I want you to start listening intuitively and start Instead of like listening to what like your friends are doing, what's on the media, what the last article you read, or what you think you should be eating, and not what your body's at, and sorry, what you think you should be eating instead of what you know you should be eating. So it's time like you want to start to really listen to your body. So I'll go into detail how you do this. So paying attention to what your body actually needs. When you learn how to eat, do this intuitive eating, you need to understand what actual hunger is and how you're able to fuel your body. Because we often, we eat because it's a certain time of the day or we believe that we need five to six meals a day or that we're craving something and so that we go and eat because of that craving but we're not actually hungry. The crazy thing is that when you learn how to pay attention to your body and you learn how to listen to hunger, you're going to find that you don't actually need to be eating that much we get so bombarded with information and it gets really confusing about what types of foods to be eating and when you should be doing it so the most powerful tool that you own is your own body so instead of letting other people tell you what to do start to pay attention to your body because it will tell you what you need to do and don't and so there's some certain things you can do that can help you learn how to listen to your body so the first thing is to learn how to understand when you are full and when you are satisfied. So too often we, we put a plate in front of us and that plate is something that, you know, it might be loaded up pretty high and we think we have to finish that plate. So I challenge you to take your, when you have your next plate, just to eat that meal, but then stop once you're satisfied and don't be afraid to put that meal in the fridge for leftovers for another day, to um, freeze it, just to put put that meal aside for, for somebody else if you want. And so just learn to start to listen to when you're actually satisfied and you've had enough actual food instead of thinking I've got to finish the plate. We The other thing is to think is don't be afraid to get hungry and to get you know to allow yourself to get hungry because when we eat lots and lots of sugar in our diet we get these massive energy highs and energy lows and you get into that state of hangry where you just gotta eat now and you're just like you know the whole world's coming in you need food now 
and that is because you are living off a diet that is way too high in sugar, way too high in carbs. When you have good, well-rounded meals and meals that leave you satisfied and feeling really good, you your meals last you longer and your blood sugars don't crash. So you're able to get into that hunger zone, hung, hungry zone, but you don't get um, you know blood sugar crashes and you don't get to that angry state of mind or anything like that because you're you're stable, you feel right, and your body's able to burn body fat because you fueled it fueled it right. And this all comes down to learning how to structure your plate and so that you know what to put on your plate. And when you learn how to like listen to your body. So one of the easiest ways to do this is say you have breakfast and whatever your current breakfast is, that should last you a good few hours and you should feel a sense of well-being after that breakfast. And a good sign that your breakfast is wrong is that say at like 11 o'clock or 10 o'clock you get like real plummeting blood sugar and you just feel like, oh my gosh, I've got to eat. Or you get to the mid-afternoon and you feel really sleepy and tired and you're just kind of exhausted and then you just, your, your whole um, like rhythm of your day is out of whack. And so if you were to have a really high protein breakfast, Protein is 30, the first 30% of the protein that you eat in your day goes straight towards your immune system and boosts your metabolism. And so you want a high protein breakfast to boost your metabolism, to get your body on fire so that you're burning fuel and so you're in the right metabolic state to have maintained a consistent energy throughout your day. So then that type of breakfast should, you know, that should last you if you've got that structured right. So when you have a meal, take record of how you feel after that. So say it was a, a meal that was quite high carb base and you had that and then just write a couple of notes, okay, I got cravings, I fell asleep a couple of hours later or um, just write what happens in your body and how you feel after that meal and then pr play around with your protein portions and your carb portions, add a bit of fruit in there and just see what happens and then start to play around and find your perfect meal um, metabolic plate that gives you really good energy throughout your day. So this is how you're going to learn to understand what your body needs and how to fuel it um, correctly. So when you say you have a really good lunch and it's a really uh, good salad you've got some meat in there and you finish it off with, um, you've got some avocado and you finish it off with like an orange afterwards and you have the sense of really good well-being, you feel um, energised, you feel fueled, and that meal lasts you a good, um, good few hours afterwards. That's telling you that that was a really well-structured meal and that's the type of meal that you want to be having breakfast, lunch and dinner and that you want to be trying to replicate with the different, um, you know, you understand the amount of protein you put on there, so you replace like breakfast will become the uh, you might put eggs as your protein source, but then you put loads of your vegetables in there and maybe a piece of fruit, or you might put some starch in the side of it. And so you just play around with exactly what your body needs to provide it with fuel so that you feel really good. So here's some t um, tips I just want to go over of more ways that you can learn how to listen to your body. So number one is stop mentally thinking about diets and food plans and what is the right thing to do. Start to think about what your body needs and is it hungry or is it craving? Because cravings come around because the meal structure wasn't right. So if you're getting a whole lot of cravings after your dinner, 
start to ask yourself, was there enough carbs, was there enough protein, was there enough fat? You need every single macronutrient on that plate to have good consistent energy. So make sure, just start to ask those questions. Then learn to listen to your body. And then um, another point is just listen to when you are hungry. So stop eating when you are satisfied and learning to listen to when you're hungry is some really valuable points for you to really understand. And if you can take those on board and you change nothing else, this is going to be, make a huge impact on just to the amount of food that you end up eating a day. We don't actually need that much food. And when we get trapped into the thought of thinking that we just need to be eating all the time, all day, every day, and just start to pay attention to how much you're actually eating. And is it too much? Is it not enough? Are you feeling satisfied? Do you have that sense of well-being? Exercise. Exercise um, is something that can um, not only boost your metabolism but it also energizes you and makes you really aware of what your body needs at that point as well. So learning to understand what your body needs after food too is really important. Then eat foods that provide long-lasting energy and fuel. So when you eat really simple sugars... They are like instant sugar hit and then you plummet straight after. So that fuel source is providing you with no lasting energy. But when you eat foods that are you know, nutrient dense, they've got good quality protein in there, you've got fats in there, you've got like fibre from your vegetables, you're going to have this long lasting fuel and you're going to have all the minerals and vitamins that that meal delivers as well. So think about each meal as a fuel source and think about asking that, asking the purpose of that food to provide you with energy and well-being so structure each plate and each meal with that and understand as well that like dehydration is um is huge when it comes to you thinking that you're hungry and so if you are feeling hungry and you are getting cravings things like that always understand that you should hydrate your body first and then when like Cravings uh, can come from either too much of one thing or not enough of another thing. So again, the more you sort of start to, you know, write things down and record things down and start to listen to how your body's reacting to food, the more you're going to understand, okay, why have I got these cravings at the moment? What does my body need to, to help this? And there are certain things as well that you can do to stop cravings if you are getting them and you think you've got your meal right. It's just to have like a piece of fruit, some citrus fruit, like an orange is a great thing to have after meal, or some um, like low sugar fruit, like some blueberries, or a green apple, or a herbal tea. I find having a herbal tea after my meals helps incredibly, just to stop cravings, stop me overeating, and I just feel um, really good, and I, and I last a long time between meals. So if you learn to how to listen to your body, and eat intuitively, you're going to find some really huge benefits in the way that your body eats, um, so the way that your body feels, and if you were, like I said, if you were to change nothing else, but you were to just learn how to eat intuitively, you're going to no notice a huge difference to just the power that you feel in your own health, so give that a go, and um, yeah, let me know how you get on, if you've got any questions as well, this is what the whole online gym is about so this is where I go into detail of how you can fine tune your diet how you can find out your metabolic type how you can find out how to structure your plates 
and like grocery lists and menu plans and different breakfast, lunch, dinner options and everything like that, I go into full detail. So if this is sounding confusing, then just remember that that's exactly what I go into in the online gym. The other thing I want to talk to you about is uh, dried fruit. This is something that um, is really misunderstood and overeaten and my with um, when people do start to find healthier options, they do think that health um, dried fruit is a good option to go down. And I'm not saying that it's not, but I want to explain to you just some certain things we look into. And this ties into the whole um, hormones as well that I've written about. So drying fruit is a really great way for you to make your fruit last longer. So when fr fresh fruit's in season, um, you dry your fruit and the fruit's able to you know, you keep it in your pantry and it lasts a lot longer. But as back in the day, our ancestors, what they would do is they'd bring that fruit back to life by adding water to it, giving it a quick boil, and then they'd add it to, like, um, dishes to bring some sweetness to the dish or some flavour to the dish. Today we treat dried fruit completely different, and it's used in... It's overused, because the thing to understand is that one dried fruit is one whole dried apricot. So if you've got a dried apricot sitting there, you've got to think, okay, how many of these would I eat if this was a whole natural apricot? Everything's still in there. It's just been dehydrated. So it's can, the thing with dried fruit is, well, so the calories are still going to be there. The minerals are still going to be there. The vitamins are still going to be there. There's going to be some slight changes because it's been dried and it's been sitting there. So you're going to lose some of the minerals and vitamins but the majority of it's going to be there and sometimes the sugar content increases because it's dried as well. So if you are sitting there because it's quite little but you're eating quite a lot, you could be getting a massive sugar hit from eating too much dried fruit because quite often people grab a handful of dried fruits they might have like four or five dried apricots with some nuts and that's like eating four or five whole apricots. So just understanding that is quite important too. So the other thing to understand is that Dried fruit, when it hits your gut, it is pulling um, liquid from your gut to help absorb and, and rehydrate that fruit. And so it is causing a lot of stress in your gut and eating too much dried fruit can actually cause you to be dehydrated. So when it comes to dried fruit, the best way to consume them is to rehydrate them and then add them into things. So this is where you know, um, the truffles and the moussey bars and things that I've made on the website using like rehydrated fruit where you mix them up with some nuts and, and seeds and like coconut and you roll them into balls and you've got this amazing snack and your dried fruit's been treated right and you just combine it with some good quality fats and good quality proteins and you've got your perfect fuel source. So another example um, of when dried fruits causing some issues with your gut is prime example of prunes. Like, um, we used to have a running joke in our family that whenever prunes came home in the grocery list that, you know, the lounge would stink. So, um, dried fruit, like, if you aren't drinking the liquid with it, it's going to be causing stress in your gut, it's going to cause fermentation, and this is going to lead to gas. So, if you're eating dried fruit and you're getting a whole lot of gas, this is your 
body telling you rehydrate your fruit so you don't get the gas because you probably if you would have a whole real apricot you probably wouldn't get the gas and if you still get the gas well then you might look, like to look into FODMAPs and that's um, something I've written about also so you can google that on the website just put it in the search terms if you want to find out more about that but otherwise if you are getting gas off the dried fruit just rehydrate the fruit and you can still have it just as a snack out of the fridge I keep the dried fruit um, rehydrated fruit in a jar in the fridge and just you can just pull one out and it, it, they rehydrate almost to the size of the original fruit so it's really cool and also another really awesome trick is, that I love is a rehydrated fig is awesome and then you put it in the freezer and it just turns into this most amazing treat to have after dinner and that's something I've been loving I just, just one big juicy rehydrated frozen fig after dinner is just bliss it's awesome so give that a go um, the other thing to understand is that the dried fruit when you're often buying it is the process that they go through isn't something that pleasant they often commercial dried fruit is dried using sulfur dioxide and this is something that a lot of people can be allergic to or react to and it can come out through like skin issues and gut problems so when you are buying um, store-bought fruit traditionally from like, the supermarket that can also be covered with extra sugar and they can also be dehydrated in extra fruit juice so you're getting a whole lot of sugar when you're eating that. And the other thing to understand is that often um, that dried fruit has got preservatives and additives on it and they often sometimes use a vegetable oil on the on them as well to make them glossy and appeal to you so the dried fruit that you're buying often from the supermarket isn't just dried fruit it's often covered with a, a trans fat oil and lots of sugar so make sure you ha do have a look at it and check if there's any additives preservatives but I highly recommend if you are buying dried fruit make sure that you buy organic dried fruit because is simple that there's not going to be too many nasties on there but the other thing to understand with dried fruit is that um, if you are buying organic dried fruit you're missing the preservatives on there that um, stop any fungus and um, things growing on them so if you are buying organic dried fruit this is where it becomes really important to make sure you rehydrate them and then give them a flash boil before you um, eat them because this is going to kill any sort of parasites that might be sitting on them, any fungus and sometimes you might have insect eggs that kind of do come into them and that's the like catch 22 when it comes to your dried fruit is but it's just making sure that you treat it right so the um, when you are having your dried fruit as well when you rehydrate it the flash boil is a real fantastic way just to make sure that you you are killing things that might be on it and also like rehydrating it so then all it takes is you soak it for 12 to 24 hours and then pop it in the um in a pot in a pot and boil it for a just quick quick flash boil and then I drain that water off I put it um spit more water back into it and I keep them in the fridge or often I'll um, blitz it up and turn it into a paste and then that will um be a really good thing just to put in the fridge or just to put straight into some baking um so this week 
I am answering a couple of listener questions. And so the first listener question I have got is, hang on, I'll just open this up. Um, Hi Nicola, I am quite confused about nutritional fact labels. Can you please explain what I should look out for when I am looking at products? I.e. what is the carb amount, sugar, fat and heart tick like amount that I should be looking at? So when it comes to nutritional labels on an item, I am not a huge reader of the um, you know, the amounts of total fat, the, the calories in it and servings like that because I personally I don't buy packaged foods that often. And so when I'm buying foods, I'm buying foods that I know exactly what they're in and I'm buying a whole lot of one ingredient packages. So for me, when it comes to the nutritional facts label, they 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 are fantastic because they do tell you what's in there. But personally, I look at the ingredient list. So I look at what's actually inside the food and what's actually that food is made up of. So for me, if I was to give you some simple advice on like what to look out for, so instead of confusing you with a whole lot of information, my most simple advice is take a look at the back of a packet. Have a look at the ingredients, and if there's stuff in there that you don't know what it is, put it down and walk away. Because a beautiful carrot and an apple and some celery and some nuts and seeds, they don't need advertising and marketing, and they don't need a whole lot of nutritional facts labels. They are one ingredient. When you combine that with things like honey and garlic and ginger, and you get these whole one ingredients, and you put them into this amazing sauce, and you make it yourself from home, you know what is going into that. But if you were to go to the supermarket and you were to pick up like a stir fry sauce and look at the back, you will see that there is so many additives and preservatives in that sauce. There'll be um, high fructose corn syrup, there'll be all sorts of other ingredients in there that are going to be causing havoc within your body. But if you start to stock your, your trolley up with a whole lot of one ingredient produce and avoid the packaged um, foods, you're not going to need to worry about the nutritional facts labels and what's on the back of them and um, what it all means. So, so there is a place for them and um, they are good, but instead of getting confused and, and things like that, I just want you to think about one ingredient pantry and if, if you are buying packaged foods, think about what's actually in it and can I get a, make this a better way with whole one food ingredients hope that makes sense um so another list of question i have got this week is hey nicola i'm really struggling with sugar cravings i quit smoking four years ago and i've tried many times to quit sugar but sugar seems way harder than quitting smoking do you have any suggestions for me um so sugar is something that's hidden in a whole lot of processed foods and it's on everything that's packaged almost. It's, it's, it's usually the number one ingredient hidden as something is with an O's on the end of it. So even if you were to go down like a low-fat diet, you, they're going to have to put something in there to make it um, have flavour. And so this is where sugar comes in, and sugar's always added to your packaged foods. So the first place to start with kicking your sugar cravings is to start to add into your diet Foods that are real nutrient-dense, foods that are really nourishing, foods that provide you with the right sort of 
plate so like I was talking about before you're going to have your proteins your carbs and your fats on that plate and you're starting to make sure that your food is real food so as soon as you stop buying packaged processed foods you're going to be slowly starting to cut the sugar out of your diet naturally and so we all have like different makeups genetics metabolism gut health and stress levels and for some people getting addicted to sugar can have a different um, reaction so some people who are having sugar can have a different reaction in their brain and have a different um, body chemistry to someone who isn't reacting so for someone who does have a sugar addiction it's really important to that for that person to be really careful around it and the only place you the the place you have to start is with what's going into your trolley at the supermarket so again um, going back to that nutritional facts question is what are you actually putting into your your trolley and can you cut out sugar through the processed foods now at this the sugar I'm mainly talking about is the hidden sugar and the sugar from your um, like refined sugars and the sugars that come in those foods because I want you to get good quality nutrient-dense foods, so I want you to get fruit into your diet, and I want you to get some vegetable, like all the vegetables into your diet, and these are going to have some natural sugars in them, but you're going to get the minerals, and you're going to get the fiber, and you're going to get all the good stuff from that real food, so just slowly starting to replace packaged food with um, whole one food ingredient foods that's going to pantry, and then just start to add more into your diet, so start to add more really rich um, food into your diet so instead of having the mindset of I can't have sugar I'm not allowed to have sugar all you're going to be thinking about all day is sugar and how I can get my high because you're just constantly addicted to it but instead get yourself in the mind frame of what can I add to my diet today like how can I add to my diet what can I eat today give myself more fuel what can I add and just think of adding and adding and adding to your diet and eventually the more you add of these amazing, powerful foods to your diet, the more sugars, sugar and processed foods are all going to slip out of your diet and you're not going to get stuck in that mindset of, woe is me, I'm missing out on sugar, poor me. So think, change the mindset of what can I add to my diet to, to make this easier and to give my body more energy. So some other simple tips to fix the sugar addiction is to eat really regularly and start by eating a really powerful protein rich breakfast and make sure that your breakfast and um, have a mid-morning snack because the thing with coming off sugar as well is you're going to have natural um, blood sugar highs and lows so like I was saying before about learning how to listen intuitively you need to understand that if you because you've got the sugar addiction you're going to have this blood sugar levels that are all over the show. So you need to understand that you don't want your body to get to that low and because otherwise that's when you're going to reach for that sugar hit. So while you're coming off the sugar addiction and before you head in towards that, like eating intuitively and being able to go longer without food, you need to be eating regularly to keep your blood sugar levels stable because otherwise you're going to plummet. So you want to make sure that you're getting really good protein in each and every snack and each and every meal. And so that's going to help, and you also want to make sure you're getting some good quality fat in there. So 
stable consistent meals throughout your day so you definitely want to have three really good meals four if four works for you so four then they're slightly smaller meals or you might have three with some snacks in the middle so just finding a structure that works for you so you can get that good consistent energy throughout your day then you want to make sure you drink loads and loads of water stay hydrated and make sure you put some good quality um, rock salt in that or Himalayan salt just to make sure that you are able to use that water so you're getting the electrolytes and the minerals in there and it's able to get into your cells and actually hydrate you properly. Then choose really good clean foods. So the foods that are real, foods that are as close to their original form as possible. So avoiding the processed packaged foods, foods that include your fruits, vegetables, um, there's making sure that you're getting good quality fats and just stocking that trolley at the supermarket with really good quality foods so that when you're at home you are getting everything that your body needs. Eat right for your metabolic type. We're all completely different. We've got different metabolism, history, genetic makeup. What foods work for you will work different for your brother, your friend or for myself. So learn how to listen to your body and find out what's right for you. I've got a um, metabolic type questionnaire in the online gym. So this is a tool that if you want to fine tune your diet more, this is something you can just use in there. I can help you with all of that. Um, ensure that you're getting adequate protein with every single meal. We need protein. We need to have meal base. We need to make sure that we've got carbs in our meal as as well as the fats. If you have a meal that's completely carbs, this is just going to skyrocket your blood sugar and just cause you to crave within hours, if not immediately straight after that dinner. So make sure you're getting the protein. Um, another step is make sure you're getting adequate fat into your diet. So fat is the flavouring as well as helping with satiety, which is that sense of feeling satisfied. And so this means that you're going to also feel fuller for longer. So if you have your meals that have real high sugar in them and not much um, fat and protein, this is where your meals just don't last you any length of time. Add spices into your food. So um, things like mint, turmeric, rosemary, garlic, chili, paprika. They're all flavours that help you... Um, Stop missing the sugar in your food. So when you add more natural flavour to your food, you're not going to think there's like it's bland and boring. So just add some intensity through real food. And then add other things like coriander, cinnamon, nutmeg, cloves, cardamom. And these naturally help sweeten your food and they also help reduce cravings as well. Things like peppermint tea um, naturally suppress your cra um, cravings and also help with digestion. So having peppermint tea after your meals is a really good idea. Move and exercise more. Exercise is an absolute must for everybody. Not exercising is bad for your health as smoking. So get active, stay occupied and add activity and exercise into your day. So think outside the square and try things like dancing or yoga. Or if you are, um, you know, all you think about is food, just get outside and take your mind off the food and do a little bit of exercise and just get that body moving. And so what... Whatever movement that you enjoy, do that because that's going to refocus you away from sugar. It's going to relieve cravings, reduce tension and boost your energy and just your whole overall health. Get enough sleep. A tired body craves. I know this feeling well. Whenever I am tired, I haven't had enough sleep. All my body wants is carbs and sugar. So make sure you get enough sleep and this is going to help reduce cravings. Get fresh air. 
So next time you feel a sugar craving kick in, get yourself outside, breathe and move in the fresh air, get some vitamin D on the body and just get that stimulus of the bright light and the, and the daytime and it'll help get rid of the sugar. Because when you sort of sit in dark cave and inside, maybe in your office and you, um, you know, you, that, it's just your body's searching for stuff. So make sure you just get outside and take, your, take the focus of the food. Be aware of the hidden sugar. So sugar is in things like breads, muffins, slices, moussey bars, bagels, pastas, store-bought products, and all those refined flours, and it acts like sugar in your body. So um, avoid the white sins. So you've got your white sugar, white flour products, um, white table salt, and white um, pro processed milks products. So um, all these sorts of things have different reactions in your body. Salt's obviously not sugar, but those other things have all got hidden sugar in them. So avoid those. Um, and eat your phytonutrients. So get vegetables into every meal as possible. Full of fiber, minerals, vitamins, and really good quality nutrition. So the thing is to understand that a malnourished body will crave and call out for vitamins and minerals. And so the more you the more junk food you consume and the more your body will be calling out because it's telling you it needs more vitamin C and magnesium. So the more you make your foods really nourishing, nutrient rich and full of fuel that your body actually needs, the less you create, your body's going to crave things because it feels that it's malnourished. So don't think that cravings are normal or it's just me, I have a sweet tooth. You can kick your cravings if you really want to. You just have to stay really strong and learn how to eat real food and learn how to nourish your body and add to your diet. So just to go over those quick tips again. So you've got how to fix the sugar addiction is step number one, eat real regular meals. Step number two is drink lots of water, choose clean foods, eat right for your metabolic type, ensure that you're getting adequate protein in every single meal, ensure you are getting adequate fat into your diet, Add spices for variety, move and exercise more, eat, get, oh, sorry, get enough sleep, get some fresh air, be aware of hidden sugar, and eat your phytonutrients. So, if, um, yeah, if you've got any questions that you want me to answer on next week's podcast, please send them on in. You can just submit your question below this podcast. And I would love to answer them. Make sure, if you haven't already, that you sign up to my newsletter. This is a weekly newsletter where I send out all the information that's been going on in the online gym, Forever Fit, all the latest news, tips, everything that's been happening, latest recipes, what I've been creating. This week I've done some amazing recipes. I've got this chocolate, um, like Nutella sauce that I made, and it's just Stunning. So make sure you sign up for New Zealand to get that recipe. And I also made these wicked little, um, using dried fruits. So my dried rehydrated figs with coconut and orange zest. And I wrote, they were like little muesli bar sort of truffle rolls. And they are absolutely amazing. So sign up for New Zealand and you'll get those recipes. Um, and if you haven't already, join the online gym. It is only $12.50 per week and you get access to over 400 workouts, everything from fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. You've got workouts that are um, yoga um, through to core workouts, high-intensity workouts, extreme workouts, everything that you need to get in like real good quality shape. And you have access to me to help you fine-tune your diet 
and take that diet to a whole new level. So I'd love to help you out. Join the online gym and if you haven't already, make sure you sign up to the newsletter and be part of the Forever Fit community. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in and I will talk to you next week.